This is I on 2020, episode 58. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey everybody, it's Ray Eaton, your friendly podcaster, looking to give you the news and related events for this 2020 election cycle. Uh, that is the name of the show, Eye on 2020, the place that you come to on a daily basis for all of that news and the information with regards to the 2020 election. And I appreciate coming out and listening today. I appreciate all my all my listeners. And if you are a first-time listener, I especially appreciate you listening. And go ahead, if you can, subscribe to the show on whatever podcatcher you're listening through and uh, that'll help you to listen to it tomorrow. I got plenty of episodes in the past as well, and we will be going every day, Monday through Friday, until the uh, till the end of time. Actually, until uh, November 2020. This is Ion 2020, so uh, I guess I can't go much past that because the elections will be over by then, right? But I appreciate you listening. I really do, and uh, go ahead and come back and listen tomorrow as well by subscribing. Uh, go ahead and give me a five-star rating and review if you can as well. That would be great. And, you know, that's that's all I got for you guys. Uh, that's all the requests I have for you today. All, what I would like for you to do is go ahead and listen, though, because I think I, I put together a decent episode for you. Just uh, what I wanted to talk about today, and I'll get into way more details, is uh, this Mueller report comes out. And in the wake of that, you know, I think that Donald Trump, I think it's good for Donald Trump in that sense, right? Uh, everyone was really anticipating this Mueller report coming out, and I think that it was a report that does not have a lot of weight to it. It doesn't seem like there's a lot in there, and I guess more will come out as more and more people read it. I'm going to go ahead and take a look at it and read it uh, sometime this week as well, because I just wanted to I want to see what it really says, but I mean, it sounds to me that there's not a lot that's going to come out of it. There's not going to be too much talk further about this Russia investigation, and uh, you know, Trump colluding with the Russians and stuff. And, and in the wake of this, though, I mean, I think Democrats were hanging their hats on this idea that this Mueller report was really going to destroy Trump and that it was going to come out and he'd have to resign. And um, and now it's looking like that's not going to be the case. And they were beating up about this thing for so long that this Russian investigation is going to, you know, he's colluding with the Russians and they're bringing up all this stuff that, you know, and they hate them for those things when there's no legs to it, it sounds like to me. But the show that I wanted to bring you guys today was um, why you should really hate Donald Trump and not hate him. I don't think you should necessarily hate anybody, just, you know, in general. Um, You should hate the state. You definitely should hate the state because the state is just an arm of force that's used against you to confiscate uh, things that you have and y- that your neighbors have and that others have uh, and that people use the state in order to use it as a lever to confiscate things from other people. So uh, you should hate the state, but I don't think you should really hate anybody. But why you should dislike Donald Trump? 
the real reasons why you should dislike Donald Trump. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. And the reason why is because there are plenty, if, if you're on the left, there are plenty of reasons why you can dislike Donald Trump without having to go after him for these things that, I don't know, the, these things that are kind of hard to prove, things that are neither here nor there, or those things that are like controversial, but you know, like him sleeping with Stormy Daniels, the the porn star back in 2005, 2006, whenever that was, um, while he was married. Those are things that aren't going to affect him or it's not going to affect his re-election, I don't think. Those are things that, like I say, are no, neither here nor there, right? I mean, Bill Clinton slept with many people during, you know, during and before his presidency, I guess. And those are things that, I don't know if they were necessarily proven, but they're things that happened, and we all talked about them back then, right? So, that's this thing with Stormy Daniels, if you hate him for that, I mean, I think that there's better reasons to hate him, better reasons to dislike Donald Trump than that. Um, if you think that he's a racist, he might be. I don't know. I don't know his personal views. Nobody's really brought any good evidence that makes me think that he's necessarily a racist, but if he's a racist, I don't know that he's necessarily making specific policies that are against black people or his, I mean, I guess he is making uh, policies against Hispanic people in the sense of people that are in this country, um, what, what, by what he calls illegally, right? So there, but I don't necessarily think that he's a racist per se, right? Um, he's, he's an old school guy. He's 70 something years old. And most people, I mean, if you talk to somebody 65 years ago, they would always refer to African-Americans, not in a politically correct term, but in a much different term. And you guys know what I'm talking about. So as a, is he a racist? I don't know that he's necessarily making racist policies. I don't really see that, but I mean, I, I, I look into these things a lot because I want to know, I want to I want to have a more balanced view on these things, right? Is he a sexist? He's a man. He's an old school guy. I'm sure there's some sexism going on there, but is he making policies that are going to make women, you know, make it so women can't get further ahead? I don't necessarily see those policies either. Um, I mean, his, his, his right-hand man, per se, or right-hand woman, I guess, is... Um, you know, he he has his, he has women that are on his team that have high positions. So I don't know if that's the case either. But people come out with him against being that he's sexist and he's racist, and they also say that he's anti-gay. And I don't think that that's the case either. Uh, when you look at his policies towards gay people, he didn't rescind the idea that gays can be in the military, right? He did do that for transsexual. Uh, folks, I believe he did do that. But the uh, don't ask, don't tell, that's still in place, isn't it? So I don't think that that is that huge of an issue either. Although if you are in those communities, um, African-American community, Hispanic community, gay community, female, if you are in those communities and you feel that way, um, I mean, you're entitled to, to the way that you feel. And, and, that, and I think that the media has blown a lot of these things up way out of proportion. For example, like the women's march that happened the day after he was elected, um, 
and they were already calling saying that he's a sexist and that he's a bigot and all this stuff. Um, I think that my feeling is on these things is that the the policies that a president has is what's most important, not necessarily his personal feelings, right? Although if he has personal feelings that are one way or the other and he expresses those, which Donald Trump sometimes does come off in a very challenging way, right, towards people, um, or it's hard to interpret his his meaning on things a lot of times, uh, I don't think that those are necessarily policies. So if there's a policy in place that's that's wrong, then let's go ahead and address those things. And that's the things that I want to talk about today is why you should why you should dislike Donald Trump for the policies that he has, not for his personal opinions, right? That's what I want to address because a lot of people are attacking him for his personal opinions. And I don't think that that stuff is going to sway the public to not vote for the guy. I don't think it's going to sway the public for if you're a liberal and you want a Democrat to get into office. I don't think it's going to sway people one way or the other um, that are already going to vote for the guy based upon his personal preferences or his personal opinions because they already know that he's a jerk. They already know that he's um, not a moral character and you still have the Christian conservative right voting for the guy and they love the guy. So what I want to do today though is address the policies and why you should dislike Donald Trump. Why as a libertarian, I dislike Donald Trump. He has done some good things in the in the presidency when it comes to, from a libertarian perspective, and I've said this before, with the tax cuts and taking more money away from the government. I think that that's a good thing. I think that um, you need to starve the government in some way. And as long as that spurs, ultimately, them cutting back on things that are unnecessary or thing it cutting back the budget as long as eventually it spurs that cuz that's what i feel i mean that that's the from the libertarian's perspective you want to have less government right so if you defund the government then you're ultimately in the end going to have less government cuz the only way to pay for things is through taxes through borrowing and through printing money and as long as the as long as you have somebody in there that's not going to print money that's not going to borrow more then you're going to have to cut back on services, cut back on the military, cut back on these larger budget items ultimately over time, right? Um, so I think that cutting the taxes the way that he did is a good thing. I think that the tax cut helped certain people to get more money uh, or pay less taxes, not get money more money back from the government because they're not getting money back from the government. They just paid more in taxes, Uh before, right? And now they're paying less in taxes. I mean, I, I know for me, I paid less in taxes this year than I did the previous couple of years as well. Um, so that's a good thing, but there's plenty of things that go after this. I mean, as a, as a liberal, I think that you're not going to go out go, or you're probably going to dislike him for cutting taxes, right? But there's plenty of things that go after this guy for then, you know, he's a, he colludes with the Russians that he's anti-gay, that he's anti-women and he's anti- you know, he's racist. There's way more things to go after this guy, and that's what I want to address today. So let me just go ahead and dig right into these things right now, okay? Um, typically, I've found that we could, uh, libertarians and liberals, and even some conservatives, because if you go to um, some, some conservative groups are anti-war. There's not, I mean, the mainstream neoconservative neo movement is not so much anti-war. They're the ones that are pushing for war constantly. But you do have some conservative groups as well 
uh, that are that are anti-war, but typically liberals have been anti-war in the past. And I've heard this mentioned before that, and a lot of people from a libertarian side, we feel this way, that when Barack Obama was in power, the left move, the left anti-war movement kind of like went away, went silent and so forth. You did have the Code Pink group that was still vocal about being anti-war, but you did have a lot of the anti-war movement that just kind of like went silent whenever Barack Obama was in power. And now they're slowly starting to come out of their shells now that Donald Trump is doing it. But one thing that we could typically agree on is that we're anti-war, right? And what you what you want to look at is what Donald Trump is, what his policies are with regards to war. So on the campaign trail, he talked about he was against foreign intervention, that we shouldn't have went into Iraq as a country, that we should have been out of Afghanistan a long time ago, went in there and got got um, Saddam Hussein and then got the hell out of there, right? He talks about that. He talked about how he, you know, that he wanted to defeat ISIS, but he didn't want to have a presence in Syria, that he shouldn't have done anything in Libya. Like, he talked, he talked a good game on an anti-war stance, at a, on a non-intervention stance on a let's pull back a little bit from our foreign intervention stance. He talked he talked a good game on that. Now that wasn't the centerpiece of his campaign, but a lot of people felt like when he, they were voting for him that they were voting for somebody that was going to pull back from these foreign interventions. And you see 2 years later that every time he tries to do it he gets sideswiped by John Bolton or one of his other, you know, one of these other generals that he's listening to or, you know, foreign policy people that he has up there in his office because um, he's surrounded himself by these neo- neocons, right? So one thing that you could really hate Donald Trump on is John Bolton and all the neocons that he surrounds himself with. You could hate him on that because these people are always contradicting Donald Trump when he says something. They, he, Donald Trump says, we're going to be out of Syria in three months. And then the generals come and John Bolton comes on the Sunday news shows the same week. And they're like, yeah, you know, we're not really doing that. And then the next, you know, three months later, Donald Trump is like, yeah, we're not going to be in Syria for more than a month. We're pulling out. I'm dropping the troop levels down to zero. And then later on on the, on the Sunday news shows, John Bolton and his and his cohorts are, oh yeah, never mind. You know that's not really the true. We're we're probably gonna slowly withdraw, but we're keeping bases there. I mean, th- we're not giving those up. So you can hate Donald Trump on that because he does not have the the balls to stand up to these people on this neoconservative side. He will not be decisive on this issue. And it drives me crazy as an anti-war guy. And it should drive you crazy too if you dislike Donald Trump for all the wrong reasons, I say. But this is a right reason to not like this guy because that's a policy issue that needs to be addressed. Next, Yemen. Yemen is an issue that, I mean, it's been going on since 2011, 2012 with a genocide going on in Yemen with a a country that's being starved to death by the Saudi government constantly. I mean, you have it's the it's the southern part of the Yemen that's just 
children dying of uh, cholera constantly. There's they, they say there's well over a million deaths in this country. Millions upon people are starving to death. Millions upon people are having, you know, just can't get food. And this is a country that has to import almost everything they have. And Saudi Arabia is bombing this country. Saudi Arabia bombs civilian or has civilian campaigns where they're bombing the streets of these of this country and the federal government in America since since 2012 has not said anything about this and it's only recently only in the last couple of months that the with as many people in congress as many people in the senate that are speaking out against it and there's not a lot guys but it's slowly becoming an issue it's slowly becoming an issue and we have recently the Senate and the Congress or the Senate and the House they passed the resolution saying that they disapprove of of US support in in Yemen for Saudi Arabia, but still Donald Trump supports King Abdullah or whatever the hell whatever his name is, uh, over there in, in Saudi Arabia, right? He still supports the guy, and he still sells him arms, and he still sells him weapons, and our military is still over there refueling their planes that are going on bombing campaigns against civilians, pure war crimes, and our country is a part of that. And Donald Trump can easily just say, you know what, nope, we're not doing it anymore, I'm the commander-in-chief, nothing's happening, but... There are dollars on the line, and that does not look good for him to get reelected. That does not look good for the neocons that are in his cabinet and that are surrounding themselves around Donald Trump. So you can be very mad at Donald Trump for that. There are millions of civilians that are dying in Yemen right now as we speak. And he does nothing about it. He's con- not, and I don't want him to go in there and have some f- intervention by any means. But he can stop refueling the planes. They can stop maintaining the planes. They can voice their disapproval of this of this campaign that Saudi Arabia is running through Yemen. And I have heard, and this is disputable, but they say that it's possible. Um, there are. This is a fact. There are special forces, uh, U.S. special forces, on the border of Saudi Arabia and Yemen. There, this has been this is a known fact. It's something that got out about six months ago that there are special forces, U.S. special forces, on the ground, not in Yemen, but on the border of Saudi Arabia is what they say. So you know, and this would all be classified information, but you. why would they be there if it was not to go in there and do targeted strikes every so often? So are our military personnel going in there with orders to take out targets? That That's up for debate, but it's a very strong possibility. So that's something that you can disapprove of Donald Trump on, that you can hate him for and get in... in and get away with it because that's something that's a policy issue guys a policy issue um and that's wrong oh and we know that barack obama has used drones to target people civilians a u.s a a a u.s citizen has been targeted by drones in yemen so while he may have gone over to that gone over from america to live over there and that he was somebody that 
uh, was on a watch list and all that. That's a U.S. citizen that has been targeted by a drone in Yemen. That's not Donald Trump that did that. That was during Barack Obama's term. But still, there is just an, an atrocity going on in Yemen, and that is wrong. And Donald Trump has every ability as the commander-in-chief to pull out, and he is not. So I would say this is another thing that you can be upset with him about, and it should be on the TV talked about on MSNBC and CNN and all these places, all these, you know, left-wing media outlets, and they don't talk about it. Now, there are some, The Guardian's good on that and so forth, um, but, like, the mainstream media that's, like, the supposed left media, uh, the mainstream media says nothing about it because that, because, because they're just as much warmongers as, as the, uh, the neocons are. So... The next one that you can be mad at Donald Trump about is his Fed policy. He, while libertarians do not like the federal, we do not like the Federal Reserve at all, right? Not at all. But Donald Trump is very vocal in saying and trying to control Fed policy. He tries to manipulate the Fed into keeping interest rates low and so forth. And in low interest rates, if interest rates don't move by supply and demand, you know, if they don't move freely up and down according to um, the markets, then you're gonna have then you're gonna have bubbles that happen, right? Uh, so if you have low interest rates that are forced low interest rates for too long, then that's gonna cause inflation. It's gonna cause inflation in certain sectors of the industry or of the economy, and ultimately that's gonna lead to a bubble, and then you'll have a, a burst of that bubble, which leads to a recession, right? And Donald Trump is very vocal. In his views of keeping the interest rates low, he's going to put in um, chairmen's chair people of the Fed that are going to be low interest rate people. They're going to interventionist people and so forth. And that's something that you could be upset with him about because when you have inflation, that destroys the value of your savings. That destroys the value of your dollar that you have today because it's going to be buy you less stuff tomorrow, right? So all your grandparents that have saved all this money, the their savings is going to go down over the course, or the, it's going to be worth less and less if you have a inf- major inflation that goes on. So Donald Trump's Fed policy is something that you can be upset about, that you can take him to task on, that you can talk about and say and give pure facts that he is wrong on the federal uh, on on his fed policy. So look into that and you'll and you'll definitely see that he is wrong on that and that's something that we should be upset about. And it benefits him to have low these low interest rates because his business is based upon low interest rates, right? If he borrows money if he dro- borrows a billion dollars for one of a couple of his hotels at 3% interest rate and over time that interest rate keeps up to 4, 5, 6, 7%, then you're going to be looking at much higher costs to hold that money on his part. So by him having the ability to manipulate these interest rates in a lower to go lower, then that only helps up helps his business. So there's a little bit of cronyism going on there from the top person in our country. Now that would have to be proven down the road, and I don't know if that's going to be easy to prove. But you're looking at a president that is looking to manipulate these interest rates and that's not going to be the be- to the benefit of you or me or the little guy or the poor person that is just trying to make ends meet. Inflation is not good for that person. So let's let's 
get on this guy about his policies every single day. That's what we need to do. Let's talk about this then also. The national debt. I had an episode about this a couple days ago uh, last week, and you'll if you want to go back and listen, you can. And that's the national debt. Um, he's done nothing about trying to balance the budget. If anything, he has the largest na- the largest deficits in years and years and years since the great since the beginning of the Great Recession. The largest deficits constantly, and it's looking at like a tri- trillion dollar deficits into the future. Right? Um, he's done nothing to lower the spending of this country is on nothing to um, try to fix the national debt. So you have a $22 trillion national debt today. It'll be $23 trillion next year, $24 trillion the year after that. And it's going to keep on going on and on. Nobody wants to talk about this issue, but this is something that needs to be talked about. Um, And I know Democrats do not want to talk about this issue either. I said this in my podcast the other day because they have trillions of dollars in spending that they want to do also. So they're not going to talk about it, but Donald, this is an issue that needs to be addressed. This is future spending that's being spent today, and it's money that can't be spent tomorrow by your kids and your grandkids because it has to be confiscated from the people in order to pay that debt back or to just service that debt. And that's going to be more and more money that's going to be having to be confiscated from the people to service the debt until ultimately just takes over the entire budget. So all you have is debt servicing, Social Security, and Medicare being paid for by the federal government. Everything else is borrowed. You have to address this issue, and this is an issue that Donald Trump will not address. So if you want to go after Donald Trump for something, go after him about his policies and that policy of continuing to increase the national debt is a bad policy that you should be on him about on a daily basis. The last thing that I want to talk about is his his talking about this Venezuela, the Venezuela crisis, right? There's a drumbeat for war right now that they want to get rid of Maduro and move him out as the president of that country. Now, whether you think that he's le- le- the legitimate president or not is not the issue I'm going at here, okay? But with the CIA in there, with, with American interests in there trying to stir up this population, they're trying to essentially incite a riot or what you can say um, on a more political side incite a civil war they're trying to incite a civil war in that country and when you're when this happens you're going to have dead people you're going to have dead civilians you're going to have one side fighting the other side they're stirring up the pot constantly and just by the president saying we support you the the 25 or 30 percent of people or whatever it is that support the opposition leader right and then let's say 25 or 30 percent of people support maduro and then there's a percentage of people in between the 50 percent in between that don't care one way or the other right even by america saying we support you putting our support behind one person or the other um that emboldens those people to take up arms and all those arms are going to do by taking up arms against the official government now or the official government taking up arms against the opposition now either way when when the united states puts its puts its thumb puts its um thumbprint into that right when when the united states government just says hey we support you it's going to cause people to be emboldened and it's going to cause people to die civilians die and that's not i mean our country has not had a successful regime change 
in years. It never has. There's never been a successful regime change. Iran, back in the early or the early late 40s when they put the Shah in, I mean, the blowback of that happened in the late 70s when, um, when they kicked the Shah out and there was a revolution and the Iranian revolution happened and everything else. So it seems like it's good for 30 years. And then, bam, it blows up and you have Iran, which is, you know, a rogue state on the world stage. Um, so these, th- this intervention, this, these regime changes do not work. And we're looking at a president that is against regime change in the Middle East. But now, you know, these neocons have gotten convinced that there should be a regime change in our hemisphere. And that's something that you can get on Donald Trump about and say, no, this is not okay. Regime change is not okay. But you have the press, MSNBC, CNN, they are continuing to beat that drum for war. I mean, you look at Tulsi Gabbard, who spoke out against regime change in Venezuela on, I think it was... um, one of those Sunday morning talk shows with the one with Whoopi Goldberg. I can't remember which one that is, but she was talking to them about it and they went at her about it. They said, you know what? I don't agree with you that we shouldn't have regime change in Venezuela. They, I mean, they had, and they had all the talking points that there's a, you know, there's, there's a, um, humanitarian crisis going on in that country and that America should intervene and they had, that's what that was the talking point that they had and when she spoke up and said no that's not right and and spoke out against it they all they all you know ganged up on her essentially and they do not like somebody that speaks out against the this type of war um in the press it seems like to me but you as if if you are a liberal if you are somebody listening that you know gets on Donald Trump because he's a racist or whatever no, get on to him about his policy issues, and that is one you could have be on him about as well, is that regime change has not worked in the past, nothing about it is going to work in the future, and that we need to just let things happen the way they are in these countries and stay out of it, and that's it. So that's what I wanted to talk about today, everybody. If, if you're listening, I appreciate you listening. Um, this is something I'm passionate about because it drives me crazy when all you hear is this drumbeat about how... Donald Trump is Russian, you know, being manipulated by the Russians and that he's a Russian spy and a Russian agent and all that. And these are things that are can't be proven and they're not proven. And all we want, all they want to do is beat up on them on those things, but they don't want to address the real issues that are bad that are going on because they want, this is what I heard someone say the other day. They want to go after Donald Trump for personal issues rather than state issues because they don't want the state to be indicted for the things that it's doing wrong. They want to go after. They always do it for the personal issues. They go after Nixon for stealing or breaking into hotel rooms. They go after him for that. They don't go after him the fact that he's bombing people in other countries in Vietnam. They don't go after these people for that stuff because that's things that can indict the state. And you gotta have a united front in protection of the state that we have. So, sorry if I get passionate about this, but those are things that I you know that. That's that's what I do. That's this is a, these are things that I care about deeply. And if you want to go after Donald Trump, go after him for the right reasons because there's plenty of reasons to hate this guy and it doesn't have to be because he's he's colluding with the Russians because that's not something that's the Mueller report kind of proved it, you know, that it's not something that that's true. 
So uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show. And this is Ion 2020, your place for all the news and related events for the 2020 election. Um, if you're going to vote for Donald Trump in 2020, hey, that's great. You know, uh, if you're going to vote for a Democrat, that's great as well. But go ahead and look at some of these third party candidates as well. Or you know what? Look at sitting out um, because sometimes that might be a, a good option as well. Who knows? Uh, but for me, I typically have sat out in the past. And if I, I mean, if there was, if, if somebody exciting like a Ron Paul got in again, I might vote for that person as well. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm open. I'm open to change my views on things. You guys know that about me. Uh, I'm not hardline on one specific thing. If if I if there's a reasonable debate about something, and I, I could I could have my mind changed on that. But one thing I do know is that Donald Trump. Had, there's plenty of reasons to dislike this guy, and there's some reasons to like the guy. Um, you can be a libertarian and and look at somebody in a in a objective way but still not vote for that person right and the same thing with the democrats they i mean they're gonna have their good views they're gonna have their bad views and so forth it's not you know you, ha- you don't have to hate the person just because of that but there's plenty of reasons to dislike donald trump and let's go after him for the things that are the right things to go after him on and not and, ju- and just stop addressing these you know these sidebar conversations because that is not gonna that is not a winning argument and it's not going to change people's views um but Ion 2020, come on back tomorrow and listen. If you want to, uh, go ahead and hit up my website, ionthempire.com. I think you'll really like it. I think there's some good things that I've been putting in there. Uh, where there I've been putting plenty of good articles about the 2020 election, about the uh, foreign interventions that we have, about the U.S. policies that we have, in there, the domestic policies that we have, and so forth. I think you'll really like that. And follow me on Twitter, ionthempire, which is at on, ionthempire.com. And uh, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Give me a five-star rating and review. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear it. You can do that at I Am The Empire. That's on Twitter. Or you can go ahead and um, make some comments or, you know, contact me through the website, IamTheEmpire.com. But come on back tomorrow and have clear vision for the 2020 election.